I walked on dry ground. I'm Greg, and I believe in a powerful and redeemed life for every Christian man stuck in sexual bondage. Hi, I'm Greg, and I believe in the hope of a powerful and redeemed life for every Christian man stuck in sexual bondage. Thanks for joining me today on my podcast, I Walked on Dry Ground, where I share my story of recovery from addiction, the journey that God led me on, on dry ground, through a red sea of my own, to living a life separate from addiction in a new and redeemed way. Right now, I'm stepping back through my journal from early on in my recovery and reliving the lessons, the insights, the things I was learning and struggling with and observing, and I was hugely developing my self-awareness back then. I'm going back through it and taking you along with me. The topic for today's episode is lessons learned from a tough day. All right, cue the blues music and let's jump in. Thanks again for joining me. Let's start off this episode. Let's start off with a scripture, and today it's Romans 8, 35 through 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, I've only skimmed through this journal entry ahead of time, so you're very much going to get my raw thoughts and input. But anyway, let's check it out. June 11th, 2017. Tough day today. Lessons learned. 1. My state of being does depend on my choices. I.e., when I lied by omission to Shantae last night, it set off a chain reaction of not being okay. 2. My disappointment expressed can be received by Shantae as a message of failure. 3. I chose an attitude of being disappointed by a missing date night. I should have chosen an attitude of grace when given the chance. 4. When feeling terrible in the midst of a conflict, I am useless for building resolution. 5. Christians in addiction are capable of terrible actions and are just as clean as all of us. 6. A note from therapy. We are all beautiful, unique creations of God. It is our sin that corrupts. Our sins are forgiven through Jesus' blood. Not me, but my sin is forgiven. 7. Today started great with having coffee with a friend, but it felt like a Romans 8.36 day. I faced death all day long like a sheep to the slaughter. All right, that's my journal entry. I love this entry. So many good observations and awarenesses of what's going on in my life. And I took the time after a tough day to actually write these down. And so I'm just kind of giving myself credit for not forsaking uh, the practice of journaling and reflecting, even though some of these are tough things to realize. Others are pretty cool insights. So let's talk about a few of these. It seems like the first half is kind of centered around a conflict I had with Shantae, which I can't remember 
at this point in time, but these concepts are still applicable. So my state of being, I wrote, depends on my choices. So when I lied to Shantae, that set off a chain reaction of me not being okay. That's a good thing for me to realize that even though lying in the moment can be a tempting thing to be okay in that moment, or so I think, the consequence of that is just so much worse. It's In this case, it was a chain reaction of not me not being okay, and that's just the effect on me. That's not even acknowledging an effect on my relationship with Shantae, which would be damaged by a lie. It's not reflective of my relationship with God, which on my end could be damaged by shame if I feel shame about lying. It's only a focus on me, which is still a significant facet of sin or lying, that my state is affected. I'm not okay. I'm broken down. I'm, I've willingly sacrificed doing a good thing, which is telling the truth, for doing a destructive thing, which is lying and facing the consequences of that. And it sounds like I missed a date night and I was disappointed and I, I wrote, I chose an attitude of being disappointed. I should have chosen an attitude of grace when given the chance. And that's, that's a tough one. I'm reading this like, whoa, what? I feel disappointed all the time. Is it really a choice that I can choose an attitude of grace? And I'm not really sure if that's grace with myself or with Shantae or just our us both or whatever. But interesting to think about disappointment versus grace. Disappointment means missed expectations, which means there were expectations. And so grace in this scenario is kind of seems like letting that missed expectation go, letting it go, not as in just looking the other direction, but uh, genuinely realizing that's my own expectation. Whether I think that's fair or not is irrelevant. I still made the expectation. I'm responsible for that and the consequences of that. So I'm going to take responsibility for that and choose to have grace on whatever it was that or whoever it was that missed my expectation. And reading this, it's like, that's very humbling because I don't think like this regularly. I feel disappointed. I feel disappointed and I just go forward like that. This one is kind of humbling. When feeling terrible in the midst of a conflict, I am useless for building resolution. I think I still would say this is true for me. If I'm feeling so terrible in the midst of a conflict, that's not my prime time for building resolution, as I put it. I mean, that's not my prime state for being creative and being loving and being resourceful, looking to God for help with rebuilding and making things right. It kind of logically uh, follows that, well, then why do that in that state? Why not wait for kind of that, that cloud to pass, that storm to pass of feeling so terrible, and then address the rebuilding process, and then address the problem and decide where to go. It, But going to God in that time is not something that I would say not to do, something I would say to do. That's what I would like to do if I could choose for myself every time I was feeling terrible. If I could just flip a switch and say I go to God every time I feel terrible, I would. And then now this is less personal, but I wrote, Christians in addiction are capable of terrible actions and are just clean, as clean as all of us. It's a great thing for me to remember. That's definitely an anti-judgmental statement. Just because I wouldn't see myself doing a certain thing, it doesn't mean if a person is a Christian and they do that certain thing, 
they're less than me. I wrote, they're just as clean as all of us Christians who have been forgiven of our sin, who have been washed by the blood of Jesus. And I'll admit, sometimes it's hard to swallow the things that other Christians do or have done. And other people would have a hard time swallowing what I do and what I've done. And that's just, in my mind, it's kind of just a tough fact of reality that we've all fallen short and all of our sin looks different, yet we are all the same in terms of being right before God if we've accepted Jesus as our Savior. And then on that same note, into my next lesson learned, I wrote, we are all beautiful, unique creations of God. It is our sin that corrupts. Our sins are forgiven through Jesus' blood. And then I wrote, not me, but my sin is forgiven. This lesson learned, it may not be a lesson that needs to be learned for a lot of other people, but for me, I grew up, the way that I digested sermons that I heard were, I am a worthless, wretched, basically piece of junk, and that's what I am. I heard that through shame goggles. I heard whatever the pastor was saying, which I can't even obviously remember at this point. But the way that I, I, I received it was, I'm such a worthless being. Because I would sit there, I do remember a pastor or multiple saying, up on stage, the pastor saying, I'm a wretched person. In my mind, it's like, whoa, if this guy, the perfect Christian in my mind, up on stage, if he's a wretched person, what does that make me? I'm much worse than him. So I lived all of my childhood, most of my adult life, thinking that I am just like kind of a mistake. I'm kind of, there's something wrong with me. And on one level, it is absolutely true that I have become, I have made myself a wretched person. It's even hard to say right now. I'm still working on this balance of thinking because it's hard. It's, a, it's competing reality that my sin has made me into a wretched man yet my sin is forgiven and I was created beautiful and unique by God. I was good. I am good, a good creation of God. And it's my sin that has corrupted me, but I'm still good and my sin is forgiven. I think that's what I'm getting at in this lesson learned. My sin is forgiven. So I'm still righteous before God, but that doesn't change my original personhood, soul creation by God as being I am a good work made in the image of God. There's a lot of goodness in just my existence and my creation. And I never got that message in my in the religious nuggets I digested as a child. And then my last lesson learned, I talked about today starting great with a cup of coffee with a friend, but it felt like a Romans 8.36 day, which I shared before the journal entry I face death all day long like a sheep to the slaughter, which is also, I have written Psalm 44, 22. And I've just come to kind of digest that in a spiritual lens. I certainly hear stories of Christians around the world who literally face physical death all day long, and they have to meet underground and things like this. Persecution is at high levels. And I think what I've realized is this verse doesn't just apply to physical persecution in the physical realm. It applies to spiritual persecution. And I realized reading this journal entry, June 11th is two days before my spiritual birthday, June 13th. And this would be in 2017, this would have been my fourth spiritual birthday. And there could have been a ramp up in kind of spiritual persecution, you know, 
against me at this time, which would have made life more difficult and would have made that a tough day. Of course, I'm speculating, but my point is, I'm convinced that there is spiritual persecution that all of us Christians face all day long. We are like sheep to a slaughter because living in this world, we have to live in the necessary world, flesh, enemy. These things are constantly warring against me and my soul and my spirit. And living in this world, I do face death all day long. I face things that attack my spirit, my joy, my relationships. And it's all spiritual. It's not physical. But I still believe it to be very, very, very real. And some days there's more attack and more death and more toughness, so to speak. And other days, I don't feel like that. I feel like that was a great day and it was smooth. And of course, I like those days better. But I do believe in in this life, even if it's not obviously physical, us Christians are definitely persecuted spiritually. That's it. Thanks for listening. Quick note, there's a link in the description if you'd like to donate to my ministry, Red Sea Mentoring. If you find value in these podcasts, any donation will support my efforts in putting these out each week. You don't have to give anything. You can keep listening for free. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you gained some sort of insight or identified with one or more of these lessons that I've learned in my life, and I enjoyed talking about them with you. Thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you later. Thank you.